Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Don't we have an awesome creative team lead us in worship? And it's not just to start a meeting. We talk about this. It's not to start a meeting. It's actually to um, align ourselves with heaven, to align our minds, align our spirits, to proclaim words that we probably have, wouldn't even think of writing them in that way. But what this has been proclaiming over your life this morning has set an atmosphere for you to receive. And it's not just receive what is now, but that's part of it. But um, I just want to say the reason that we're doing this is so that, like, we're having discussions here because, number one, we enjoy it. <laughs> we love doing it like this. It's better than, uh, I, I just really enjoy it. It's relaxed. You may be seated. Sorry, guys. Everyone's forgetting to let you sit today, and you're so obedient. Like, look at this. No one wants to sit down. There are a few of you that sat down, and that's okay. But um, this is so that you can see how naturally you can have a conversation about the things of God. And you don't have to set it up and be weird about it and invite people over and have your Bible there with your notebook and your, and your pen and your concordance and your computer all set up with Logos on there and, and ready to go. Say, right, let's get into the Word. No, no, no. My Word have I hidden in your heart. You know, like David said that, I've hidden your Word in my heart. But God says, I'll write my Word on your heart. And so when you, you get that from God, when you get that word from God, um, let it out, share it with someone, express it with someone, because it's important to do that. The word evangelist, um, which Tim Hall spoke a lot about last week, about how the evangelist needs to rise up. Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul actually told um, Timothy, do the work of an evangelist, which is an encouragement to every single one of us. And we might think, I'm not an evangelist. Do you know what the word evangelist actually means? Someone who can speak well about the things of God. Anybody able to do that? And that's not speaking about things you don't know, which is what Callum said. We're actually called to be his witnesses. That means to testify of what we have seen and heard. Not what we haven't seen and heard yet, but what we have seen and heard. We can testify of the goodness of God at any time, any day, any moment. I've done it to people on the phone, on, you know, you, you're waiting on a call and the, those people, they, they've got you on hold and they finally come through and, and they say, how can I help you? And you talk with them and then you find out they're in South Africa or the Philippines or, or wherever, wherever the call centre is located and um, you have a chat with them and somehow I'm, the Holy Spirit's able to bring that discussion around nearly every time to talking about life and talking about God talking about life first off, and then they were like, wow, I've never thought that before because all I'm doing is putting Bible words into my words and expressing them. And I think each one of us can do that in an, in an easy way. It's within us to do that. But sometimes we want to just complain about stuff too much. Is that, is that a little bit too human or is that just me? Um, I just realised we're so far apart and I don't like that. I like being close to you. My friend Lee reminded me, because he's a fellow apiarist, um, that there is the, the varus mite has been discovered in Sydney, around Sydney, around Gosford. Some of you might go, what the heck's that? Well, it's a little mite that wipes out honeybee colonies, absolutely just blitzes them and sucks the life 
They're a little eight-legged or six-legged little mite that sucks the life out of honeybees and kills off colonies. And you might think, so what? We might have to pay a little bit more for honey. No. Pollination stops. Um, industries grind to a halt. And, at, and he spoke to me about that. And I'm like, this is a plague. This is a pestilence on our land now. And... Um, and I was watching the news last night and there were so many people, ladies, mothers, women, some of them pregnant, protesting about the rights of Americans, not even in Australia, the rights of Americans to murder babies. This is a plague. It's a pestilence on our land. It's a deception. And, um, and we, and it reminds me of, 2 Chronicles 7, when, when um, is this all right? This is what I got during worship. I'm telling you guys, if you open your heart up during worship, God just will speak to you about things. And, um, and I, I'm there and, and he's speaking to Solomon about dedicating the temple. And you know in Ephesians 2, it says that we are now, he's the chief cornerstone and we are being made into the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are fellow citizens being made into the temple so we are the temple now the temple back then was a physical thing now it's us so he's saying the temple here and my spirit is going to be in this place and I'm not going to remove it and and then he makes this he goes really off tilt God does and he says and so when the rains stop or they overflow if um you know, if I send sickness on the land or locusts to devour things or if things come in, pestilence or plagues, we know all about plagues, don't we? We've had a few of them recently and they're telling us there's more, more to come. There's always bad news, isn't there? Always bad news. But I want to tell you the good news because then God says there's an if. Because it says when these things happen, when the locusts come to devour your crops, when the rain doesn't fall or there is an abundance of rain that wipes out, if it's wiped out in one way or another, if there is a plague that comes on the land, it says, if my people who are called by my name, fellow citizens in Christ, called by my name, and it's not will rise up in prayer, first off, it says will humble themselves. And that just gets me straight away and I think why did God say humble themselves because number one we might think this isn't done the way that I think it should be done church should be done in a different way I'm not why don't they move on why Stephen just talking and his wife's not saying anything at the moment no shouldn't we just humble ourselves submit yourselves one to another out of reverence for Christ you know so humble ourselves or you could just look at it and say well the planet needs a spanking so God, just deal with them. No, no, no. If my people, because the planet needs the if my people to humble themselves and to call on his name and to pray and to turn from missing the mark, because there is so much in our lives that makes us miss the mark. We have so much to, so many distractions that make us miss the mark. That word is actually turned from wickedness. Turn from missing the mark and actually fulfilling the purpose that God has for you. I, I was watching, a, I, just, I was looking for something online and a, a, a thread came up, why we shouldn't listen to Hillsong and Bethel music and Elevation music and all these other, you know, why we shouldn't. And I'm going, really? Is that why Jesus died? 
so that you could just rant on social media? Is that your purpose in life? Is, there, is this your God calling to do this? Is, is this pointing to Jesus? No, it's just pointing to his opinion. And I had to shut it off because it was just making me angry. And I just wanted to write something back to them. And then I realized, I'm just doing what he's doing. Just chop yourself off from that. God says, come away. Come away with me. Come away from this noise. Come away from these distractions. Come away and be with me. God wants to connect with us more than ever in this season. And that's what we want to talk about now. This is what we're going to discuss this morning. But that's a challenge to me. Because I want to pray that this... um, this might is absolutely eradicated. It ceases where it is. Can we agree on that right now? Can we agree on that? Father, we humble ourselves right now. Father, forgive us for our attitudes and our mindsets and our words where we've gone wrong. Father, please, by your spirit, we now speak and we take the authority that we have through the name of Jesus and we just speak a cessation into this might spreading through our nation. You will be held where you are and you will no longer produce any more fruit. Just like Jesus said to that fruitless fig tree, you will not produce any more fruit. We speak to you, Varus Might, and you will not produce any more fruit. You will not transit. You will not carry throughout this nation. You will cease where you are in the mighty name of Jesus. We have that authority and we speak it out now in agreement in Jesus mighty name. And Father, I thank you for the minds of, uh, and hearts of people being changed towards the, the vulnerable in our community, to our, to our young, to our infirmed, to our elderly. Father, may there be a heart of compassion, a heart of empathy rise up again in our nation, a heart of righteousness. Father, may you spread righteousness throughout our land like a mighty wildfire. Begin with us, begin with us, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from wickedness, then I will surely turn my face to them and heal their land. Father, heal our land, heal our land. Our land needs healing. It is sick, it is infirmed, it is deceived, it is diseased. Father, heal our land, heal our land. May your glory fall on our nation, Father. May your glory fall on our nation. Heal our land, Father. Oh, Father, thank you for your mighty grace and mercy, your awesome love. Heal our land. Amen. Amen. God is good. God is so good. I feel like part of humbling ourselves is, humbling yourself really is becoming more conscious of God than you are conscious of yourself. And I feel like God's calling us into worship that is more God-conscious than self-conscious. I've felt the last few weeks like there's a spiritual battle going on in worship between our flesh and our spirit. And, it, and it's because some of us are self-conscious in worship. We're worried that if we shout too loud, become too demonstrative, give God our highest praise that we might make the person next to us feel uncomfortable or what will they think of me if I shout out 
in spirit and in truth is more God-conscious than self-conscious. It's worshipping him from a place of humility where, Lord, you are sovereign. I'm in awe of you. And I can't help but bring you praise from the deepest part of me, from the deepest part of me, because you are so good. And I, and I feel like he, he wants to take us to new levels of glory and new levels of his presence. But the way that we enter into his courts is with thanksgiving. And it's not from a position of self-consciousness. It's, a pres- it's from a position of God-consciousness. It's from a position of how awesome he is. Because when, when we're self-conscious, it's like, you know, the highest praise is here and when we're self-conscious, we might only bring him this much praise because we feel like we have to contain it. Yeah, or, and or I feel we're like, just yeah, thinking the, about what, what God has done, what I'm aware of what God's done for me. Yeah. And we're like, but he still hasn't done A, B, C, D. You know, I've still mm. got this list of things that he hasn't done. Yeah. And it's like, so I can only praise him and be thankful for what I realise he's done. But we don't fully comprehend there's times he's, when he's, he's saved us. Yeah. His times when we could have died and met disaster or loved mm. ones as well. And, and we just go, nah, it, well, it didn't happen, so it's not real. No, 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 it was very real. But our God who goes before us, he goes before mm. us and comes up behind us. Yeah. He's our forward guard and our rear guard. Mm. Sorry, mm. I just had a thought and I threw it in there because that's what I do. <laughs> Highest praise. Yeah. So let, let's bring him our highest pl- yeah. praise. And if your flesh is talking, if your flesh is in your ear during worship, saying, I'm too tired, I'm too worried about the person next to me, I've had a big week, last week was huge, you know. Whatever, whatever's going on in your head, shut it down because it's your flesh. Mm. If it's not focused on God is amazing, God is good, he deserves my highest praise. Yeah. I'm going to give him everything in this yeah. moment. He's been so good to me. He will never stop being good so to true. me. And I'm going to declare his promises. If there's anything else going in your head apart from that, shut it down because it's yeah. your flesh. And if it's not your flesh, it's the enemy trying to shut your mouth. And we need to open our mouths because David said, as long as I have breath, I will praise him. Yeah. As long as... I have breath in my lungs. I will sing of his goodness. I will bring him my highest praise. And there's room out the front. If you feel restricted, I know we're pretty packed this morning and you might be worried about doofing the person next to you if you throw your hands up in the air. There's, there's room out the front. There's room in the aisles. Spread out so that you can have room to express your highest praise to God. Kylie is quite often the, the doofie. Come and join me up the front and we can doof each other. It's yeah, all good. I'm the doofer. <laughs> but um, it's, it's interesting because we were having a discussion yesterday at the men's breakfast, which, guys, was, it was awesome having you, guy, having you out here. And, um, and can I say that there is incredible faith in the room at the moment. I could hear it during worship and I could feel it. And um, 
in an atmosphere of faith, God, God moves. He really does. And yesterday we were discussing and Daniel came up with the point and he, we were discussing a subject, which I won't go into because I could get caught up on it. But he said, well, even Paul wrote most of his, most of the, you know, the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul. And most of that was written while he was enslaved, while he was in prison. He wrote the most profound letters of, about freedom while he was a captive. He wrote the most profound um, records to the church of, of shaking things off your life and knowing who you are in God when he was locked up at the, by the leave of the Romans and he was held there. He wasn't really, he was by God. He was there by God's decree and you would go, but God shouldn't have done that. No, 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 no. <laughs> Don't ever let, you know... A, an abstract thought come in and say, God would never operate through this way. When I go through things, I always say, okay, Father, what are you trying to teach me? Because I want to learn as much as I can in this season that you've got me in right now because I don't want to be here again. I want to go through this season. And, and we, if you're going through hell, don't stop. You've heard that before. Go through. And don't be done with a season before the season's done with you. I don't know who this is for today, but sometimes we're like, I can't take it anymore. I, I, I just can't handle it anymore. And all you want to do is, is just throw it off. And it's like, no, no, no. God wants to do a work in you that is more powerful than what happens to you. God wants to do a transformation in our life because he did a transformation in Paul's life that, that was so much more profound than anything he could have done to Paul. You know, like they could have been, Paul could have been set free. Let's not get into that because we now are still talking about a guy who had a revelation of Jesus Christ and such the most profound encounter that everything just, when he starts talking about things, you just go, wow. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, read some of his books. Start with Ephesians. Really good. In fact, get a book about Ephesians that Tim Hall was throwing around last week. Um, do we have any of those left? He probably took the rest with him. Oh, good on him. Sold them to somebody else. Uh, didn't he give away a lot though? So generous. And those guys loved our church so much so they want to come back, which is really encouraging. What's God been speaking to you about? Because you've been talking to me about it, but I don't want to speak on your behalf. So He's been speaking to me about... The, the difference between his glory and his presence. Because he's, he's bringing us into a season where he wants to demonstrate more of his glory. He wants to show us more of his glory. And for a long time, we've enjoyed the presence of God. But there, there is a, another level, which is, which is the glory of God. And so I started doing, doing some, a bit of study into the difference between the presence and the glory of God. I found a, a good definition which I'll share with you. And we, we saw some of the demonstration of God's glory last, last weekend, didn't we? Um, the glory of God is a manifestation of God in a specific moment that shows something of the person of God himself. So it's a manifestation of God. It's, it's often a visual manifestation of God. You see... 
um, in the Old Testament that when the glory of God descended, there was a fire, there was a cloud. There was um, when Moses encountered God, his, his face shone with the glory of God. Mm. So there was that, that visible representation of his glory. When his glory filled the temple, all the priests fell face first down yeah. on the ground as if they were dead. Yeah, that's, that's in 1 Kings. That's astounding. When the glory of God filled the temple, the priests couldn't stand to minister. They fell in the glory of God. And there's something that happens when our physical being encounters the supernatural God. It has an effect on our physical being. And, and that's when we can see those physical visual manifestations of the glory of God. And... It didn't just happen in the Old Testament. It happened in the New Testament. It does happen in mm. the New Covenant. Jesus is the ultimate expression of the glory of God. He was sent to be the physical representation yeah. of the glory of God. Um, and we were created to demonstrate the glory of God. Yeah. But then sin came in and dulled. The, the glory that's within us because it says that then all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of the God. Glory so of it's God. because of sin that... But then Jesus, the work of the Holy Spirit is to take us from glory to glory mm. so that we do become more like Jesus and carry the glory of God within us. But I was looking at the, the Acts Church and, you know, that was an intense time when God poured out his spirit in an amazing way. And we've been talking about, you know, how we need to go back to being more like the church in Acts. Yeah. And how God poured out his spirit in, and his glory in such an amazing way. Because there were healings. There were people delivered of demonic spirits. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. But there are also people that dropped dead because they lied to the Holy Spirit <laughs> and I feel like when we pray for a greater outpouring of the glory of God it, it is the it is the manifestation of the whole character of yeah. God and so we can't then say oh I just we love we just want the nice bits of God <laughs> we really love his healing and we love his presence yeah. and we 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 want the love of God we want the mercy of God but that doesn't come without his justice. We want his nice bits. And that doesn't come without his discipline. And so, you know, in, you, in, in Acts, you see all of that. Yeah. You see Herod that refused to give God worship and he was struck dead by an angel and eaten by worms. That, that is a pretty awesome demonstration of the glory of God right there. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you said pointing at things and saying that can't be God. Mm. Well, are we sure about that? Are we sure about that? Just because it's not pretty and just because it doesn't make us feel warm and fuzzy, it, it can still be God yeah. at work bringing, bringing alignment, bringing justice, bringing correction, mm. bringing discipline into yeah. our lives because yeah. he's an awesome God. And we yeah. can't dissect his character and just say, I just want the warm, fuzzy bits of God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so don't true. want any of the discipline of God because if we want more of God, we want more of God. Yeah. We want more of all of God. 
We want more of the character of God, more of, more of his glory, more of his presence, whatever that may look like and whatever it costs us so that he can take us from glory to glory. Mm. Mm. Exodus. I'm going back to the Old Testament here, but yeah. Exodus, when Moses is talking to, to God and God's saying, you know, you're going to do this and you're going to do that. And mm. he goes, well, and unless your presence goes with us, I'm not going to leave from this place. And that word is panem, which means the, a complete aspect of one's nature, but on a superficial level, mm. which is really interesting. It, it's uh, unless your presence, your, your personality, your face goes with us, your identity, your character, um, your nature goes with us, but it's only on a superficial, on a surface level, not superficial. That, that, that conjures up things, doesn't it? Like superficial as in fake. But it's not fake, it's just a, on a surface area. It's not a deep thing, it's just a surface level. And God says yes, and then he goes, well now... Show me your glory, which is kabod. Mm. And, um, and now that I've said that word, welcome to the Groblers from Zimbabwe. Paul Senior and Anarchy, lovely pastors from all the way from Marandera, yeah. outside Harare. They're Paul's um, parents and they're here for a few months, which is awesome. We're so glad you guys are here. They are such beautiful people. Mm. Please get to know them. Um, we love them dearly. And their church is Kabod Ministries. And that's why it reminded me of it. And so um, Kabod actually, and I think, Paul, you got the, the, this name for the church before you knew what the word meant. Was that correct? Anarchy got it. Wow. Isn't that so true? <laughs> the girls get so much and then they teach us. <laughs> Kabod. Kabod. Kavod, Kavod. Yeah, or Kavod. Yeah. yeah. Uh, depends which side of France you're from. <laughs> yeah. But it means weight. Yeah. It actually means weight, something yes. of value, something of worth, mm. something deep and heavy. Mm. Uh, it's, it talks, and it's in a good sense, about the splendor or copiousness. <laughs> copiousness mm, means the uh, abundance in supply yeah. and quantity. It is not a limited thing mm. at all. It is not a surface thing mm. at all. It is deep. Mm. It is manifest. It is multiplied. It is glorious. It is honor. Mm. It is all these things and it's, and it's God's nature again in that. It's not like his presence is one thing and then his glory is another. No, no, no. His presence is the foot, like a, a layer that we go through and then he's... Glory is this weight that we understand. And, and when you read about it, the weight, they couldn't stand under the glory of God, the weight of God. And so in a physical way, we're affected by that. Um, and God says, you can't handle my, <laughs> you can't handle the truth. No, he says, you can't handle my glory. I will show you my goodness, my yeah. tub, mm. my goodness. Mm. That's the word there which is my beauty, my gladness, my well-being, my goodness for you, my joy. <laughs> yeah. I'll show you that because you can't handle my glory yet. And he only showed him one aspect of his glory, which was his goodness, which was interesting. It was his back. Because mm. surely goodness and mercy 
follow yeah. us. Yeah. And when we're, we, we are representing God as well, goodness follows God. Goodness yeah. and mercy follow God. Mm. So, yeah. So the, the word for presence is panem, which means face. Yes. And, of course, God said to Moses, you can't actually see my face because you can't see my face and live. But it's his countenance. Yes. So, so when we're in his presence, we have this sense that he's turned his face towards us, don't we? That, that he's, he's, close, he's close to us. And, um, but we can't physically see his face, but it's his countenance, it's his face that we, the atmosphere of his presence tells us that he's close to us. And he reveals himself to us in his presence. But in his glory, we see the manifestations of, of his glory. And the, the weightiness. Um, I, listened, I listened to a prophetic power hour the other day. And they were talking about the glory of God and the weightiness of God. And they used the example of there was this man in England that was well known for his largeness <laughs> and I think this was back in the 1600s he was he was quite well known for being extremely large and he would he would go to visit Chunky. visit people and if if he could make his way up the front path to the front door he he would then peer into his into their house to see if they had a couch large enough to accommodate him Otherwise, he would have to turn around and go back home again and he couldn't visit with them. And they were using that, that analogy for the weightiness of the glory of God that when he comes to visit with us, which he's always with us, but he wants to show us more of, more of his glory, then, he, then we need a place that is strong enough to accommodate the heaviness of a his glory. That is large enough. We need to be large enough as the body of Christ, for him to find a resting place for his glory. Yeah, isn't that beautiful? Here's, here's a story that will take us off track, but it has a purpose to it. <laughs> so um, when, when I was young, living with mum and dad in the A-framed house on 11th Street, we had an uncle and auntie um, who lived on our great-grandfather's station up near Puncari. And... They were known for being quite large. And I remember they would pull up in the driveway and Dad, we had a sofa that was getting quite old and it was all timber and it was doweled together and it was, it would sometimes just work loose and you, you could see, you know, that it was, one end was coming apart and the dowels was there. And Dad would jump up and say, kids, get on the sofa quick. So... <laughs> Uncle Kelvin wouldn't come. Oh, sorry, won't mention names. <laughs> it's all right. He's been gloriously promoted. But um, and then Dad would be kicking the end of the sofa <laughs> to to get it back together. Dad, do you remember these times? It was so funny. It was one of those memories in our in our family that it's like, oh, we we got to get together and tell these stories again because they're so beautiful. Dad's kicking the sofa. We're all sitting on it, making sure that he will sit on one of the other chairs. And not because we weren't sure if the sofa would actually be able to <laughs> hold him. Um, yeah. So as the church, we need to have a strong sofa. <laughs> but isn't that true? Mm. Like, 
we can only hold as much as our capacity enables mm. us. Mm. Yeah. And But when you see in the Bible about um, capacity, that when God moves, okay, when God moved with the, the widow and the prophet says to her, go and, uh, go and you know, feed me um, a little bread. And she goes, I've only got a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour. Uh, this is the Shunammite, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it is. And, um, and who wasn't even an Israelite. Whole of Israel was under. This is what Jesus speaks. Oh, I can get off track because the Word of God is so deep and profound, guys. Yeah. You see, it's yeah. a, it's a one, it's a reoccurring narrative right mm. through mm. talking about Jesus. And Jesus talked about these things. Yeah. Anyway, so she goes, "I've only got a little bit," and he goes, "Well, go home, get all your vessels together, and you know." And she she does that and starts pouring out oil, and and it just. She goes and borrows, um, you know, containers from all the neighbours and she starts pouring it out and the oil keeps flowing and then she gets another container and another gun and gets a son to get more and, and they just kept... But when the last container was filled, the oil stopped flowing. Mm. So it, God will never overflow our containers, like what our capacity yeah. is. When Jesus said, hey, guys, after he got back, you know, from... from Whatever he did, and he was resurrecting. He's on the on the beach cooking fish, and Peter, had, in shame, had gone back to fishing, and he'd taken a few of the disciples with him, and they'd been out the whole night. Jesus turns up and goes, "Hey boys, haven't caught anything, have you?" He knew that. How did he know that? Mm. And they go, "No." And he goes, "Well, throw it out on the right side." They were fishermen. They knew how to catch fish, but they said, "Well." There must have been an inclination because he told them to do this before. Do it on the other side. So sometimes we've got to do it again, but on the other side. And they put it in and it actually numbers the fish. And it says, and they were very large fish, but it did not break the nets. It was filled to capacity, but it never broke it. God doesn't want to break us. He wants to fill us with his presence and we need to be, um, and not only that, but Jesus was cooking fish and then he says, bring some of your fish, but I don't need them. He always wants us to participate in what he's doing. He doesn't, if you're just sitting there going, okay, God, just fill me with your presence. No, sometimes there's something that we need to physically do. We need to, oh, but I've been doing it this way. No, well, do it on the other side. Do it on the other side because God's not going to, and it's not just, be, oh, I feel foolish doing this. I know how this is done. No, 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 no. Just be obedient to what the Holy Spirit says. Just be obedient because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of truth. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. The Holy Spirit is the resurrection life spirit. It's the spirit of Jesus. Jesus says, it's better that I go so that the friend can come. The spirit can come. And then when you read what Paul realized about the Spirit, that, that God is making us into a temple where His Spirit can dwell. And that's not just a small portion of His Spirit. This is pressed down, shaken together and flowing over, but not to overflow in a breaking way. It's overflow so it spreads to other people. Jesus on the last day of the feast said, those who come to me, 
out of their innermost part will flow rivers of living water, not just for refreshing me, but that's the refreshing of anyone who I come in contact with. His Spirit wants to refresh those around you and refresh us as well. Never break us. A bruised reed He will not break. A smouldering wick He will not snuff. He never breaks us, but... If you're going through a tough time at the moment, realize he wants to expand your capacity. If you're going there, this is unfair at the moment, change that to what do you require of me, Holy Spirit? What do you require of me, Father? Because you might want to be just expanding my capacity. We were, remember years ago, we had a word for the church called expansion. And we thought, this is it. This is the year that we're going to build the new building, which we've got the plans still out there. We're still working towards it. But it's in God's timing. I'm so at rest and peace about this. I know it's in God's timing. And so that year we're thinking, we're going to expand. We're going to do this. And we had the most conflict that we'd ever had in our life. Our kids had the most conflict and pressure. And we kept having to say, year of expansion, guys. Remember, God prophesied this over this year. It's a year of expansion. He's expanding our capacity. He's expanding our capacity. And then I had a friend of mine who was telling me all the things that had gone wrong that year. And I'm listening to him and I'm going, that's like a daily event for me. Wow. What, what you went through in a year, that's, I, I go through those experiences on a daily basis. And it wasn't in a, I didn't say that to him. That's a bit harsh. But um, I'm like, wow. So I just prayed with him and told him, you know, God's got a way of expanding him and everything like that. I don't know if he fully got it, but it was a revelation to me. And immediately I started thinking, wow, if that's what I go through, what about these people that have a huge capacity? What do they go through on a daily basis? Leaders of, you know, really big churches and stuff like that. What are they dealing with on a daily basis? So I immediately started praying for them. Because I'm like, wow, which we should do as well. Sorry, have you got something to... I've just got one last thought. Please. In Acts chapter 5, when, when God had poured out His Spirit on the, on the day of... Pentecost and people were getting healed, saved, delivered. There was awesome stuff going on. In Acts 5, 12 to 14, it says, The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. But then it says, No one dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Which sounds like a contradiction because it says no one dared join them, but more and more were added. So there were two groups of people there. There were some that were amazed and in awe of what God was doing, but they were too afraid to step into it. Maybe because they'd just seen what happened to Ananias and Sapphira and they weren't ready to give over their whole heart yet. Or maybe because they were afraid of persecution from the Pharisees and the Sadducees. But for whatever reason... They hung back. But then there were those that were added to their number and added to their number. So there's two, there's two different ways that we can respond to a move of God. There's a difference between observing a move of God and participating in a move of God. 
And God wants us to be all in. He wants us to be all in with what he's doing right now, not, not to hang back and observe and comment and hmm, scratch your chin. And, and it's not to say that we don't judge everything by Scripture, but he wants us to be all in with where he's going right now and where he's moving right now and not to hang back and be on the, on the peripheral but, but to jump in and say, God, I'm here. Do whatever you want to do in me. Do whatever you want to do through me. Because we're here for such a short time. The Word of God says we're here for breath. And we're here to bring honour and glory to God in that moment that we have on this planet. Which is humbling. Yeah. You're, you're humbling. You're, you're actually coming. You're submitting. Mm. Submission is such a... It's a term that we don't like in our modern day society. I will not submit, you know, submission. But the, the breakdown of it, sub, under, mission, mission. You get that? Mm. It's to come under the mission. Mm. Come under the purpose of God. God's purpose is what? God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him. And Jesus said, I did not come to condemn the world, but through me the world might be saved. God's plan is to save everybody. That's his heart. He's already done it all. It's already done. He just needs messengers now to witness to the fact that he is a redemptive God, that we're not here by chance. We're not made of stardust. We are formed from the earth from which God breathed life into us, into the planet. He spoke and breathed into formlessness and firmament came forth. The planets were formed. Oh my goodness. Blows me away every time I start thinking about that. He breathed, he spoke, his spirit moved because uh, the breath of God was hovering, ready to move. And when he spoke, God's speaking right now. He wants us to be ready to move. He wants us to receive. Heaven is sowing. Heaven is always watering. Are you, are you going to be like dry soil will repel water? I've seen it on my property where I something I haven't watered something for a while, and you water it, and the water just runs off, and and you think it's wet, and you and you kick it, and it's the top layer has just got a little bit of water, and it's just dry underneath because dry soil repels. Some of us might need to soak for a little bit, and just let that that rain and the, the spirit just wet us and saturate us again and as I'm saying it Father I just thank you for your Holy Spirit right now just moving on dry hearts dry lives maybe you've never encountered the Holy Spirit of the living God before maybe it seems foreign to you or weird to you I just encourage you just open yourself to it and just say Father, if you are real, I want your spirit in me. I want your spirit to, to fill me and saturate me. The word is baptizio, which means to soak. It's a baptism in his spirit. Father, I thank you right now that we are called to be filled with your spirit, but not just filled once, but continually filled with your spirit. Right now, Holy Spirit, I just, 
I just welcome you to fill us afresh. Breath of the living God, just fill us afresh. Numa, spirit, move. You're the counselor, the comforter, the nurturer, the convictor. You're the strengthener, the advocate. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit. It's really easy. Just say, Holy Spirit, I receive you now. Fill me afresh. I receive you now. Speak to me. Guide me. Because he guides us into all truth. He reminds us of things that Jesus has said. Father, I thank you for the move of your spirit. I thank you for your glory. Lord, we desire to see your glory. Show us your glory, Father. Show us your glory that we'll be moved, that we'll be empowered because part of that aspect of glory is the power of God. And on the day of Pentecost, fire fell from heaven and consumed these guys' lives that when they came out praying, they were praying in unknown languages, but everybody that was there heard them speaking in their own language. Father, I thank you for the heavenly realm. And right now, I just ask, may your heavenly realm come. May your kingdom come. May your heavenly realm be open to us in a greater manner by your spirit, by your spirit. Father, I thank you right now for minds being transformed. Father, I thank you for lives being altered destinies being restored to what they are meant to be in the year of jubilee in the year of the lord's favor i thank you for territory that was taken that is being restored i thank you for debts being cancelled i thank you for forgiveness flowing i thank you for slaves being freed and captives being released father i thank you for your favor on each of my brothers and sisters here today And may the witness and the fellowship of your Holy Spirit go with them today. But I thank you for fresh words, now words, words of encouragement, words of counsel, Holy Spirit. That is who you are. Have your way, mighty God. We so desire to see you move. We so desire to see a resurrection revival in our nation. Oh, thank you, Father. Amen. 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 Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.